Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let everything that has breath praise the throne of heavenly Jerusalem over their flesh. Jerusalem reigns over and through all flesh. The covenant promise of a city of overcomers who have overcome the flesh, who've overcome the brain and the five physical senses and all the temptations in their eyes and touch gates and ears overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the Holy Spirit, and by the Word of God. The Word of God is your salvation. The Word of God is the light that shines brightly in the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome the Word. It tried. All spiritual attack against your life is to doubt the Word of God. The only thing the enemy tries to do your entire life as a soldier in the armies of the living God is to make you doubt the living Word, living, active, energized, fully alive, in power, in glory, in the fullness of the fire of God, in your belly. You have the Word of God digested into your spiritual stomach for your spirit to conquer your own heart. The place of total animal sacrifice of the new covenant, we are sacrificing the four chambers of our heart to live supernaturally as spirit beings in the glory of the heavenly Jerusalem to reign from the skyline in a sphere that has always controlled the earth. The angelic sphere has always ruled the world. What's in this angelic sphere? Principalities, powers, thrones, dominion, spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. The serpent was under the sole of Adam and Eve's feet. And when they yielded to the lies of the serpent and the doubting of the word of God, the serpent went above their heads and took the angelic sphere. That angelic sphere belongs to the believer's spirit and not the sorcerer of Babylon's witchcraft, not the religious nature of the devil, the control of the flesh through rules and regulations and the legalism of the Antichrist has no place in the angelic sphere. The angelic sphere was purchased by the blood of Jesus our Lord. Remember when Satan took Jesus to a high 
and lofty mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. That was the angelic sphere. People say, don't use aerosols and burn plastics and things like this because you're going to burn a hole in the ozone layer. I tell you, right in that ozone, right in that skyline called the firmament, it's the atmosphere of the earth. That sphere is where your throne as a spirit being who sacrificed all your carnal damned abilities, because that's the damned part of you that must be burnt as an animal and not valued in order to have any inheritance of Christ, any taste in sonship. Sonship is for the spirit only. If the soul and the mind and the organs of the body are not sacrificed to the spirit's ability, you will never in your lifetime share in that dimension of the overcomer. What do the overcomers overcome in order to control the atmosphere of everything that has breath in the earth? What do they overcome? Three things. The Bible tells us three things. They overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and loving not their lives unto death. Revelation 12, 11. These three natures of the devil that the overcomers overcome by overcoming the devil, Satan of the flesh of the earthly man. They overcome the red dragon. They overcome the beast whose mark is in the head and the hand, and they overcome the false prophet. These three dimensions of the goat of the soul and the flesh are in you when you're born of flesh. These are the three realms you overcome to realize your throne that Jesus purchased for you. Not just fire insurance, I'm going to die and go to heaven, mental illness. That's not Christianity. That's not biblical, but the realm of overcoming. It's all about conquering. Paul says, you're more than conquerors. You're overcomers through Christ who's called you into a heavenly dimension, not an earthly existence, a heavenly supernatural existence where your spirit floods your soul with glory. The soul that's not flooded with glory is in total darkness and confusion, has a major identity crisis. 47 different genders. They say this in all this confusion in Babylon the Great. We don't know who we are, what we are, and that is the demon's plan. Well, I tell you the truth, if you're a carnal Christian, you're just as confused as a they, them pronoun person. Amen? Because it's all flesh. We like to think we're better because of being obedient, good flesh, but you're actually more evil because you're blocking them from the glory and the grace. 
I saw a vision during the fishing trip of the religious spirit, how they've guarded the glory realm round about it. Jesus Christ said of the religious spirits of his day that are the same religious spirits of yours, many of you have them, straight up. And what they do is they guard people from entering the glory or the freedom or the joy of the kingdom realm. Jesus said, you lead them to the things of God, but then you control them as control spirits, not even letting their souls go into the freedom of heaven and heaven's glory. That you are the enemies of God with all the stuff and knowledge of God because you don't let them be loosed to run free in the glory. You Pharisees, you make converts to the religion about God, truly the full maturity of the serpent in the garden is the leading of the soul to the things of God, but not letting it enter the glory of Eden. So if you've been involved in Christianity that hasn't led you to the freedom and abundant life of the joy of the Lamb of God, you have been controlled by sorcery spirits of the Antichrist that have not allowed you to be loosed in the glory. Jesus Christ of Nazareth said, I have come that you may have freedom. Freedom and abundant life was the salvation of the Messiah. Few Christians have ever tasted it. We come in and we kind of edge on legalism of the soul and the carnal, natural, earthly man, which is the fallen man, the diabolical antichrist man, the 666 number of a human man whose control is in the flesh of the throne of Satan in the brain. That's where the throne of Satan is, in the human brain. The carnal mind that wars against the spirit mind. The mind of Christ is in the believer's spirit, but the mind of the devil, the religious mind of Satan, is in the unrenewed brain. This is the place of dying daily. If you don't die in your head, you'll be obedient to the will of Satan, guaranteed, automatically by default. You will do the devil's will if you're not crucifying the carnal mind. Romans 8, the carnal mind wars against the Holy Ghost. It wars against the freedom of the Lamb of God. It's a false witness. The Antichrist comes in the guise of Christ. I'm telling you guys, the last thing to be swallowed up in victory is death or religion. It's that stuff around the glory room. This vision I saw on the fishing trip was the Lord showing me how his people are kept out of the glory by millions of religious spirits. Millions! And these religious spirits are in the unsacrificed part of believers' hearts, blood, and brains. Where there's still human, 666, the number of a human, where there's still Antichrist, 
They're not renewed. They're not sacrificed. They're still in human control in the things of God. That is the biggest enemy of Christ on earth are who? Christians. Christians are the number one people that keep people out from experiencing God. Jews, Jesus Christ said in the red letters, were the number one people on the planet, the Pharisees, keeping people out of the kingdom of heaven. They would guard people because that they'd call it heresy. Once you go past this realm of the soul, the soul burning up because the demons don't want you to lose control because they lose their kingdom. Do you understand that? If you burn the human heart and the human mind with the fire of God, the fire of the word of God, the fire of the blood of God against the wood, hay and stubble of man's control, man's doubt and unbelief, man's self-righteousness. Oh, if that doesn't make you puke in your mouth. Man's righteousness called the filthy rags. It was the preaching against man's righteousness that got the prophets killed in the Old Testament, coming against the self-righteous nature of Satan, the I am's of religion, that I am a child of God by doing God's word and not by believing and letting the Holy Spirit fulfill God's word. God's word is the gospel. It has its own power. The additional power added by the soul and the mind is the presence of fallen angels destroying your lives and the deception of the magic arts. These scrolls of sorcery, these scrolls of witchcraft that come upon the human senses that say you don't need to go any further, how to reject the divine nature and the development of the human spirit, the ascension of the human spirit. Listen here. Psalms 18:33. Through you, Holy Spirit, I ascend to the highest peaks of your glory to stand in the heavenly places where? in the heavenly realm. This is the angelic sphere, the realm of the overcomer. This is the heavenly Jerusalem. This is where we reign the 500 pound millstones, which is the word of God. What are we going to tie around people's necks that cause the human spirit to stumble, the human spirit to turn back, to drink maybe wormwood, to get self-conscious, to doubt God's word? to doubt the ability of the Holy Ghost to keep you rising, to keep you from falling and dashing your feet against the stone, which is earth. But the angels will guard you as you ascend the secret stairway of the sky. The secret stairway of the sky. You as an invisible being, your soul is invisible, your spirit has Christ thrown in it, and together your inner man is taking higher dimensions of glory and confronting the powers of the air. Tons of lust being confronted this season. All the immorality of death, the confusion of immorality. They're majorly confused. This is the time where we're so rock solid in the purity of the Lamb of God 
and the virgin shall be with child. Yes, Mary, but also the bride of Christ. Timothy says that you're saved by birthing the divine child. If you're not birthing, that means there's no manifestation of heaven through your spirit. Your spirit is birthing your belief systems constantly. You birth something today, man. It's not just all the beef in your belly. It's whatever you believe in your belly. Your God is in your stomach. The Bible says it. Their God is their stomachs. That's what the Bible says. That dimension, that altar of whatever God you're serving is right now currently in your stomach. That's why you got to burn out the carnal man. Realize your spirit stomach, which is your treasure house. That's the treasure house of the temple. What is the treasure house of the temple? Where is the gold of the glory consecrated in the temple? Right in the center, right in the holy place. This is where the sanctification takes place from the very throne of God. The throne of the Lamb is not out in space. He's trying to lift you up in an internal elevation to remove the principalities that rule from a sphere, an invisible angelic dome, over the earth and pollute the air with their own doubt and unbelief. So people's brains are filled with whatever demon spirit is over their cities. That's why the conqueror and the overcomer of the Gospel of Luke is given five or ten cities by whatever they've invested their talent into the kingdom and its glory and its power to produce a ruling and reigning over cities. Amen. See, if you're not conquering cities through the air, you're not more than conquerors because you're in the natural realm. You're not fighting the good fight of faith, which is invisible substance. The Bible tells you faith is invisible substance. If you're not using your faith, which is the power of the Holy Ghost of your angel's ability, you're not doing anything of eternal value. Repent means to take your mind here and put it in your spirit to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Those controlled by the Holy Spirit are the only children of God on the planet, the New Testament says. If your brain is not controlled by Christ in your spirit, you're not even a Christian. It doesn't matter how much knowledge you have. Religious demons have more knowledge about God than you do. And they're not saved. They're not saved at all. It's not about Christian knowledge. It's about the yielding of the mind, the yielding of the heart to the substance of faith. Not your faith. You don't have faith. Jesus Christ's faith. His word is imparted into our spirit. That word is marinated in his blood. He had faith in his father to raise the dead. It was Jesus Christ, the angel of the Lord, that met with Abraham, that infused into him his own faith to offer Isaac. Faith is not 
an earthly idea. Faith does not come from the natural dimension. Faith is man's overcoming of the curse of the fall. Faith is the gift of God to everyone who overcomes the sorrows of the flesh, the stress of the flesh, the responsibilities and the burdens of the body, the sweat of the brow, the curse of the land, the curse of childbirth. How many of y'all know the curse of childbirth is removed if you're birthing Jesus? Hello? <laughs> the only way the curse of the fall is removed is by the birthing of the divine child. The Bible clearly says that. We have to learn how to travail in birth. It's not a painful process for the pain of childbirthing is removed by the virgin being with child. Now, this verse was passing through the streams of my spirit, washing over my mind over and over and over this morning as I was getting up. It was just like the streams of Isaiah 7.14. The virgin shall be with child. And it, and it wasn't about Jesus' first coming. It, was, it had nothing to do with Mary. It had everything to do with purity. Virgin purity. You shall be with child. You are virgins. And it's not about your previous sexual immorality. It's about the Holy Spirit's ability to purify you as clean as Jesus is. That is your hope of glory. The greater your purity, the higher your elevation in the angelic dimension. You cannot ascend except by the divine purity of Jesus Christ. You can't even get out of your own ceiling in your room, the, own, your, the cab over your car. You're not going to go 10 feet off the ground. It's like Grogu jumping in Mandalorian. It's just, oh, come on, Grogu, you can do better than that. Oh, man, it's the most pathetic jump and ascension you've ever seen. That's our purity. Now, none of us have any purity. I don't care if you're a 95-year-old old maid virgin and you've never had sex. You're not virgin in God's eyes. Virgin is not about you and your own external discipline. It's about the internal possession of the Holy One. Jesus' virginity is a completely different realm. It's called the Holy of Holies. It's the Holy Glory. The Holy Glory realm is the realm of Jesus' purity. We have an external religious idea, which is totally anti-Christ. Just burn that out of everyone here now. Let the angels pour upon you the purity of Jesus as an impartation. Holiness is a gift. Holiness is an impartation. You can't have any except the Lamb of God rise in your heart. You can't have purity. You can't have holiness. All the good character qualities of your Father in Heaven, that's not something you have. It's something a different person that's not you. Jesus, come into my heart. He has it all. Christ 
has the fullness of deity. It pleased the Father to put all of his divine nature inside Jesus Christ. And now it pleased the Father to put all of Jesus Christ inside your spirit. Your divinity is because Jesus is literally manifesting himself inside your spirit by the seven spirits of God before his throne. The job of Almighty God present here today of the seven spirits of God is to manifest Jesus in all of his perfection into the believer's spirit. And that's how your mind gets renewed. You can see those seven torches. It's like you have a projector in your TV room. You have the source of the information coming through the HDMI cable, but it has to be projected on the wall or no one sees it. All the information can be there, but the seven spirits of God is the color and the light and the projection of the information of God, the gospel of God, the word of God into this dimension, which is called in Revelation 5, 16, all the earth. He has sent the seven spirits of God through the lamb that was slain into all the earth, which is you, your flesh, your brain is earth. Your bone is made out of the earth. Your blood is made out of the earth. The earthly produces the earthly, the heavenly produces the heavenly, and now our job as ministers and lovers of God and followers of Jesus Christ is to burn off the earthly and increase the heavenly. The heavenly must increase. John the Baptist was from the earth. He was the last prophet of the Old Testament. He said, I must decrease. But he must increase. The heavenly must increase. And the earthly must decrease. You are only making progress in Christ in the eternal realm if the heavenly is increasing through your very spirit. And only if the cross of your spirit is burning away your heart and mind today for a greater glory. <laughs> So even if your spirit is brand new to the things of God, it's already perfectly and completely heavenly, but it's buried under the dust of the earth, the Bible says. And now there must be a circumcision of the heart and a transfiguration of the brain. What is the transfiguration, Romans 12, 2, of the brain? It is the burning away of the earthly. And the earthly has ascended e illegally into the mid-heavens, into the angelic sphere. So there is a sorcery even of the charismatic stuff. You deal with that constantly as you grow in your cross, crucifying your heart. You'll confront this stuff, all the false that has ascended outside of the cross, outside of the sheep gate, will attack you to persuade you into the false so that the fallen angels, one third of the angels that fell, would still have their authority because you're still in 
sin unless you're in Christ. Unless the cross has crucified the human nature, I mean obliterated it, so that you can't even see your own heart. You're just looking literally at Jesus on the inside, which is looking at the glory. Christ in you, the hope of realizing the glory. The hope of you understanding the cross as the altar for your human heart and your human brain and burning it away. And just stop playing games. Stop playing games. There is such a deception here from the fallen angels that they will, do, will give you anything and do anything for you They'll make it seem like God. That's why you need to have your mind renewed to Christ in your spirit and see your own heart. The heart is like the mediator. Your physical heart, your physical blood is like the mediator between your mind and your spirit. The whole temple is awesome. And it's a mess and all the human sacrifice, the animal sacrifice, just like the Old Testament and the New Testament is the animal sacrifice. It all takes place in the temple in the Old Testament. It all takes place in the temple in the New Covenant in the New Testament. All the sacrificial system of the Levites was in the temple. That was a type and shadow for your wisdom in understanding the sacrifices of the new covenant in these temples. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 6:19 that your human bodies are now the new covenant temples. So all the sacrificial system of the beast of the brain and the hand has to be sacrificed inside your own temple. You can't sacrifice it in my temple. All I can do is energize your spirit and encourage you to sacrifice your own brain and hand, which is the, your own curse of the fall, your own human nature, to Jesus in your spirit right through your heart. This is the mediator. You could call the heart the sea. This is where you trade. It's all water in there. It's all salt water, just like the sea. Blood is about the same measure of salt as the ocean sea. It's the blood of the earth. This is the trading floor. That's why it's called a blood covenant. It takes your blood mixed with his blood to be in covenant. If you're not giving him your blood, don't think you're in a covenant with God. You're false and fake. You haven't given him anything. Give him your blood and get real tonight. Amen? Amen? It'll get fun for you. God is only creating priests that know how to sacrifice animals. The overcomer has to dash the nations like pottery. So, I mean, people pleasers are so far away from this dimension. It's, it's a completely different religion. Most of what people practice today and call Christianity is of the earthly. The Bible says there's no Christianity in the earth. In fact, there's no gospel in the earth. Which means there's no gospel in man, no gospel in woman, no gospel in the soul or in the brain or in the bone dimension. Zero. The Bible says the gospel can only be preached by the angel in midair. Which means someone who's overcome the soul, the brain, the flesh, the blood, out of the human blood, in the divine blood, the river of life. The life is in the blood, not the quality of life that only gives, gives you 72 years. That ain't God. There's zero God in that. 
That's the devil, angel of death, Christianity. It's all false. It's the blood that never dies. A salvation based on an indestructible life, Hebrews says. Indestructible blood. Transfigured blood. Jesus Christ, his blood is our river. You have that in your spirit. If you want that, all you gotta do, give him your heart. It's going to be completely different than your human nature, and that's why most people reject it, because it's it's weird, it's different. I'd, there's no pleasuring the selfish nature of the soul that all burns and dies and then gets incinerated. And so how we want God to respond to our selfishness, he's not interested in helping you in your sin. God's not a sinner, so he's not helping your soulishness. He's burning it up. He's imparting into you his person to live in your body. Your body is not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. So I've been crucified with Christ. The life or my soul that I live is not my own soul. You are to practice sin is to practice your soul, which is self-awareness. <laughs> If you are aware of yourself in meeting the needs of yourself and the self-nature of others, you are completely a sinner. That's not Christianity. You've probably never known what Christianity is. If you are obliterating the soul's self-awareness and obliterating the awareness of other people's souls around you, you are in real Christianity. You're in the fire. The fire is for the soul. The soul is the animal. The Bible tells you that on the forehead was written animal. Yeah. And once you get aware of this stuff as a spirit being and you have the same temple as everyone else, you stop judging, you stop being critical, you stop channeling the accuser of the brethren, the self-righteousness, the strife, the envy, the jealousy just gets obliterated because the fire of God is burning you up from all your pride. The priesthood of Melchizedek sacrifices one substance every day and all day long. And this is seven days a week. You don't get a Sabbath from crucifying the satanic nature like a break from the Holy Spirit. You, today you're going to live in hell in a river of sewage and please the throne of Satan in your skull. You get a day off from God. No, you're not backsliding. You're not going into hell serving demons on your break from the fire at the temple. You're burning eternally. The Sabbath day's rest is the constant continual crucifixion of the heart and the brain and the bones and the marrow and all your organs too. Amen? They all burn. They're not gonna make it, and if you die with them, you begin to live with them. And you're not gonna get it your way. You have to sacrifice your way. That is the first elementary steps of faith of becoming disciples, and I'll tell you the truth, there's people here that haven't even started discipleship. And our assessment of ourself is so far beyond our actual level of faith that we just need to be utterly destroyed. I'm just telling you guys, like, it is better to be destroyed to reveal your eternal spirit than to be deceived living in the soul. It's actually a mercy. And I know these are hard prayers, but I really pray that for you guys because the vapor of life and the time of life is so short that if you are wasting your days and your months 
in the soul dimension, in false Christianity of the earthly. You'll be thankful later for priests that are just extremely hard on your temporal nature. I mean, the greatest love is to burn up and destroy, to chastise and to scourge, which is like a whipping unto death. Jesus was scourged. This is something done by the fire of God. This is not a painful thing. This is not a beat yourself up in the religious spirit. We're talking about the ability of the glory. The glory scourges the religious spirit. Jesus was brutal to religious people everywhere he went. He had no mercy on them. He called them devils and sons of the devil. He called them the blockers of heaven. Everything false of their father Satan was in these soulish religious people that had all the truth of the Bible, but none of its spiritual realities manifest because they've never paid any price in their soul. They're all hypocrites. They're all play actors. They had no internal transformation. Their thought life was perverted and greedy. They'd think about money constantly, which is the evidence that Satan is living in your soul if you're thinking about money. Jesus taught on money because that's what they were thinking about every day. That's when Satan is possessing and controlling your soul if your thought life is on mammon. If your thought life is on the glory, then you're crucified with Christ from mammon. Unrighteous mammon was the very nature of the Pharisee and the religious spirit. They wanted religion to make money because their thought was controlled by dominating the natural realm through their head and their hands, which is the satanic nature. This is the, the very essence of the fallen angels. Dragons love money, you know that in folklore. Well, it's based on the truth. The belly of the red dragon is the control of finances because all Satan thinks about is controlling the natural realm for personal gain. So when you get into the cross, of course, elementary teaching that you sacrifice the love of money, the root of all evil, for the love of Jesus, the root of all David, God's heart, righteousness two roots of two trees in the garden. One is the devil and the nature of the fallen angels growing in human flesh. The other is Jesus Christ and him crucified, the tree of life, growing in the human spirit. The contrast is heaven and hell, eternal hell and eternal heaven, depending on the development of the invisible spirit, it gets visible because you start to see the glory. The pure in heart will see God. If you only believe, you will see the glory, Jesus Christ said. If you believe this word, you will see the glory in your spirit. Father, I have given them the glory. John 17, Jesus Christ died on the cross to cleanse our conscience with his own blood so that our spirit would be glorified. And it's only the glory of the Lamb of God that can burn away the carnal nature of the heart and the mind. You have no chance without understanding the blood. You need revelation of the blood. That's why after you're born again, you need good teaching of the revelatory realms of Jesus Christ and what he's given for your spirit to conquer your heart, the place of all evil. That's the place of the river of the red dragon. So now, after you're born again, you conquer your own heart.
Don't even think you can lead someone to Christ unless your heart's conquered, because you won't. You'll lead them to Egypt. Christianity is the main religion in Egypt. They say Islam, yeah, well, don't even deal with false religion. Let's deal with our people who haven't even conquered their own heart yet to pull it back to reveal the Zion of the lawgiver, Moses and the Lamb, of the mountain of the Holy Spirit. The lawgiver of Zion, the new covenant law of love, is the mountain of the Holy Spirit with Moses, the Lamb of God, and you, your consciousness, your soul, right on top of this mountain in your bellies. You have the mountain of the Lord. Has it devoured the legalism of the law of sin and death, which is the law of Sinai? Has it devoured Moses? Paul dealt with Moses on a different mountain. You are not in Moses. John said Moses is in the Holy Spirit's mountain now. That was a type and shadow leading us to Jesus, but those that didn't go with Jesus into the Holy Spirit are damned under Moses, damned under legalism, damned to eternal damnation under Moses and Sinai. The Bible clearly says that if you stay in religion, the dead letter, apart from the Holy Spirit mountain, you're with all Satan and his angels. You, have new, no, you know nothing about heaven, you've never tasted Christianity, and everything you've ever known is a total lie. It's a brutal truth, but it's the truth anyhow. Now as the Spirit of God illuminates the Word of God to your spirit, you're in a different mountain. This is the mountain of Zion. This is the mountain of the Holy Spirit that burns with an ever-increasing glory. Two mountains. Sinai faded with glory. You look at it, the Middle East, they say, oh, there's stuff. Sinai is just a dead mountain. Those who practice dead religion, soulish religion, Christianity of the earth are on Sinai. Dead with the dead letter. Those that have repented by faith into the mountain of the Holy Spirit, they have Zion. That's the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, Luke 17, 21, within you is the mountain of of Zion. How do you have this mountain? By the Word of God. The Word of God is on the top of this mountain. This is the kingdom dimension. It's the Word of God that transfers your soul from Sinai to Zion. Now the mixture in between, that's like the wilderness. There is a wilderness around Sinai. Man's religion good religion, old-time religion. All the religion where the brain has control and the brain is not baptized is all Sinai. As you go from Sinai to Zion, they're completely different dimensions. One is of the earth, one is of heaven. You're not in the same dimension. You're not even in the same world. They're in different worlds. One is in the natural world. One is in the invisible angelic world. One is eternal damnation, the natural realm, Sinai. The Christianity of the earth is the Sinai, the mountain below. That is the place of the accuser of the brethren himself. Those involved with earthly Christianity are of Sinai. They're of Satan. Those that are of the Spirit that are ascending 
to the highest peaks of your glory and standing in the heavenly places, Psalms 1833, they're standing strong and secure. Those people demonstrate real heavenly Jerusalem, promised land Christianity. Heavenly Jerusalem is not optional. If you're not making progress there, you're not walking with Jesus at all. Don't even make excuses. You're not practicing Christianity at all. It's an ascension. You're born again, and now you take your soul with your spirit by the power of the Holy Ghost. You climb the mountain of the Lord by the law of Zion, which is an ever-increasing obedience to divine love. The law of Zion is the law of the Garden of Eden. That mountain is in Eden. It's a real mountain. And from that mountain, God created the worlds with a whisper. He spoke from the mountain and created the stars. The mountain of Eden. He spoke from that mountain and created the earth, created the waters, created the trees, created the animals. He spoke from that mountain in Eden. There was a lawgiver in the beginning. Before Moses, the Lamb of God spoke and created the worlds with his word. And you can just see it right now. The Spice Mountains of Eden, the place of creation. It's a mountain of love. It's a mountain of pure Holy Spirit glory. That is the glory realm. That is where you are ascending to. That dimension is open to you by the shed blood of Jesus. The cross in your heart is crucifying you to the natural dimension of deception and carrying you away into the glory dimension of the heavenly Jerusalem. And Jerusalem has a garden. That garden of Jerusalem is the believer's hearts in the heavenly realm. <laughs> That's the place of continuous rest and refreshment. The stuff down below will pull at your senses, it will pull at your flesh. It'll try to take you down as if your inner man be less real to you than your outer man. But you're growing in faith so that the inner dimension of the eternal you it's constantly renewed day by day as your outer man gradually fades away. Your inner man is strengthened by the glory and the word and the Holy Spirit. And you have the blood of Jesus of the body of Christ washing over you constantly, keeping you clean from Satan, from all sin and all worldliness. <laughs> Who has overcome the devil, the serpent in the garden? He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, he is the overcomer. It's the faith of Jesus that lifts the spirit over the flesh, over the mind of man, over the beast. This is what you're taking dominion over, the animals in the garden. What are the animals in the garden? It's not your cats and dogs, people. It's your own mam mammal flesh. It's your own brains. It's the unbelief. It's the paganism mixed in there. It's the occult pretending to be charismatic Christianity. It's Jezebel pretending to be Jesus, the false prophet pretending to be the prophet. It's everything coming as Christ, but doesn't have the cross of his death in it. Doesn't destroy the Adamic nature. This is how you know if they're a false teacher. 
If they're a false prophet, if their words allow the animal to live, they are a false teacher and a false prophet. If their words punish and kill and destroy the animal, the animal heart, the animal blood, the animal brain, in the fire of his ecstasy, not in a painful, punishing way, but in a blissful, ecstatic way. Then that person comes from heaven with the true gospel. Their words will pierce hearts with the spear of love and will transfer their spirit right through their consciousness into heavenly dimensions. And they will always go from glory to glory. They will shine ever brighter as stars in the heavens. Daniel 12, 3, because they've learned wisdom and they've learned righteousness. Daniel chapter 12 speaks of the realm of the overcomers conquering the heavens, conquering Saturn, conquering Remphon, conquering the realm of the fallen angels, the realm of the principalities, conquering Molech, the sky and the sun, conquering light and breath and air and atmospheres, becoming domes of Isaiah 4, canopies of the tabernacle of David. This ability is completely and totally 100% angelic in the Bible for overcomers and your faith which means the ability of your spirit invisible ability and it becomes more and more real to your brain your brain becomes fully persuaded that the spiritual is more real than the natural you have to grow in faith no one comes to God or pleases God except by faith which means progressively believing in the power of their invisible spirit and invisible soul against the ability of their visible heart and visible brain and body. That's the decrease. That's the sacrifice. And it's gradual. These waters rise gradually. They can rise at an accelerated rate. That's why people say, you have wisdom beyond your years because you've killed your beasts and mixed your wine, counting counting the natural man as worthless, which is wisdom. (laughs) Wisdom calls to the fools down below, limiting themselves to a mere natural ability. What am I going to do for money, for paying bills? You're going to grow in faith and learn how to trust the Holy Spirit, just like every disciple. And the Holy Spirit will always lead you in triumphant procession. The Bible says, but if you don't know him, you're not going to trust him. You're not going to follow him. You're going to go and do your own thing that you can rely on because you don't have any faith. (laughs) Faith in the natural man is faith in the devil. We have big faith in the devil, little faith in Jesus. Yet we call ourselves God's people. We're not. Only those who truly believe in the Holy Spirit's power to provide for their natural resources are disciples. Everyone else is just total flakes. Flakes, 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 and more flakes. And Jesus uses that terminology. Truth in you. So we need to not trust in the flesh. The The trust of the flesh is the faith in the throne of Satan. We need to stop worshiping the devil. I know, that's crazy, but it's the truth of You have to stop worshiping your own hand. The things that your hand can do. You know that's idolatry? That's the very cause of the curse of the fall, is trusting in man and woman's hand, man and woman's brain. That's what the demons energize. That's the 
sin of the world. Now, you all got it, and we're all overcoming it together, but it is condemned and it's damned to eternal damnation, and it's not redeemable. You're going to have to cut it off of your spirit. It's a, it's a dead nature. It's a grave clothes. It's wearing Lazarus's grave clothes. It's living out of the mummy. It's living, living out of Beelzebul, the, the flies. The flesh is equated to living out of maggots. You understand this? This scripture is so hard on the damned, dying, decaying nature. But it's so encouraging towards the spirit to just burn it off. You can put the flesh under your spirit and have it constantly energized as your spirit's more valuable to you than your own body. I mean, even in the Old Testament, they understood it was all about the glory. Even in the Old Testament, they understood this stuff. It wasn't about the stupid yeah. temple. It was about oh. the glory oh. coming out of the ark. The, it was about the spirit of God, the Ruach HaKadosh, that was manifesting out of the word of the commandment from the mountain. The spirit came from the word even in the Old Testament. Now, the New Testament, the spirit is coming out of the word oh. written in your hearts inside your spirit if the word is not believed upon in your heart you don't have a christian nature you understand that it's faith in the word that manifests the glory that makes the human spirit stand up on the inside and take over these earthly bodies these jars of clay so it's all about salvation through the word. The word is the gospel. The gospel is the word of the Holy Spirit. Whatever the Holy Spirit is breathing upon, there's no other God on earth except the Holy Ghost. There's, this, is a, this is a completely godless planet except for the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God determines what word you're eating. He feeds you. What is the Jehovah Jireh? It's not money in the Bible. It's the sacrifice for the spirit. It's the word. He provides the daily bread. It's the provision to keep your spirit alive so that creation can orbit around the divine nature of the living God writing his word on your spirit. What is the temple? It's the center of a God. If you have the living God, the one true God, Jesus Christ, in your spirit, then your temple is a temple of the creator and all creation is fighting to get under the liberty of your temple to be liberated from sin, submitted to some other temple of a demon. <laughs> if they're under a demon, under a principality, they're in bondage. The gospel goes forth to release the prisoners from bondage, from prisons, from chains, from gloomy darkness. The judgment of God towards the fallen angels is not towards creation at all. But the fallen angels are in creation and only the maturing of the spirit by the yielding of the soul and the mind to faith in the word of God 
causes the maturity of the spirit to stand up and liberate creation. And there is a liberty towards all the heavens and the earth and under the earth. When your spirit rises from the dead and takes its throne of the original place that your spirit was to rule from had there never been a curse of the fall. I congratulate you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning, which means you're living out of the throne if there had never been a fall. That your spirit is in the throne of the heavenly Jerusalem, a Jerusalem without walls. The walls are the glory, which means there's no walls except the Shekinah glory emanating out of your spirit in the elevation of the rulership of God's original design to rule the animals, to rule the flesh. Adam and Eve had a body on earth and they had a body in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven is not a new covenant thing. It's the original design of God in the Garden of Eden. (laughs) The new covenant is perfect because it restores us back to Eden which is in the Old Testament. But it's not the Old Covenant. Before there was an Old Covenant, there was Eden. What was the covenant of Eden? Perfection. Perfect glory. Perfect spirit ruling over the animals. They ruled over the animals, and part of what was ruled over was their own bodies. They ruled over their their bodies. They didn't even know it because their spirit was so powerful they didn't even realize how much authority they had in their spirit. They only realized what they had when they lost it, when they came out of their spiritual ability and were trapped. Their spirit became dormant. When you sin, you fall. And your spirit gets locked up in the flesh. When you're in the flesh, you're submitted to external forces of wickedness. He who's in the world instead of the greater one in you. There are spirits of the flesh. The fruits of the flesh come from the sowing of the seed of the devils. It's a seed line of the liar. He who lied from the beginning, who is the father of lies. Satan is the father of lies that grow in the flesh. So the mind is fascinated by the delusion of what is growing out of the flesh of the heart in Egypt and the Nile. Even the very water of the mouth of the red dragon that waters the seeds of the flesh is all filled with filth and sewage. But if you have never tasted of the crystal clear living water, your standard is of the earthly kind, which is an abomination. As of the realm of the dead. We're of the realm of the living. God's not the God of the dead, but of the living, which means I'm of a completely different dimension, dude. You're out here in the realm of the dead, Jesus said to the people. They come to him, they try to get him to participate in rituals. He's like, I don't go to funerals. Amen? That's what he said. I don't go to funerals. The only funeral he went to, two of them in the Bible, he raised them both from the dead. He had nothing to do with the realm of the dead. And if the realm of the dead tried to encroach upon the glory life he was living, the realm of the Shekinah blazing glory, the realm of the Father's life, the Zoe life of God the Great King, what would he do? He would terrorize them. He would beat them back. He said the gates of hell are not going to prevail against the believers. He would attack them with the sword of his mouth. Repent or I will come and I'm going to beat back the realm of the dead off of the life inside my bride's spirit. 
And the great mystery of the spirit is that all that life in the spirit can be transferred through the heart and the mind, but it is a confrontation with Satan every time. Because the animal must die. There's a dying daily to the heart and the mind, and that's how you grow in the priesthood of the new covenant. Amen? Every day you have to fight that you have to kill this thing. And if you don't, you backslide and lose you lose everything you did your whole life. You don't grow well weary in well doing, because if you grow weary, you lose your all the investment of walking with God that you had previously. You got to keep going no matter what. There's no turning back. Jesus Christ said, if you turn back at any level of growth, you'll lose it all. You turn into a pillar of salt. The Bible says in Hebrews, remember Lot's wife. You can't dwell on anything you did in the past. Today, if the animal is not being killed on the altar of the fire of the Holy Ghost and the word of God just butchering this thing in here and just slaughtering Egypt, slaughtering the Nile for the river of Zion to come forth with the bloodline of Jesus from the throne of the Lamb or crucified with the Lamb, the bride of the Lamb, the marriage supper of the Lamb. What's the supper of the Lamb? The feast of the cross into the soul. The destruction of the Adamic curse. Your soul gets totally glorified. So all of the spiritual violence is actually called righteousness. The attacking of the sinful nature in the soul is righteousness. Righteousness is spiritual violence. Violence. The kingdom of heaven advances through what? The Bible says through spiritual violence, which is radical faith. Using the word with understanding to destroy the Adamic nature in heart and mind so that the powers of hell cannot prevail over the birthing of the divine child, which is your manifestation as the sons of God in a higher elevation, a broader reign of living water through your spirit from the angelic sphere. You are to take the skyline. You are to create the atmosphere. The earth is a hyperbaric chamber. There was a mist water in the garden. That mist is inside your spirit. You take every t- a day of your life to make your spirit more real to your mind by feeding your spirit the Bible. That's the point of the Bible. It's the genetics of the living God to make your spirit more real than the natural realm. The natural realm has to go to zero. There is no natural realm. There is no natural realm. It's a total delusion. The realm of decay in the realm of death does not exist. If your mind is in that realm, all your days are wasted on nothing like a fleeting vapor. The Bible says it's profane. That everything in your life is like trying to grab the wind and there's nothing there at the end of it unless substance is built up in your spirit the eternal dimension of the rock of ages christ in your spirit sacrifice it the temptations you need to get radically aggressive towards the temptations of the devil especially you young people towards lust lust and religion are the main things the fallen angels tempt young christians in and old christians in because even the old christians are immature in the earth Truth anyhow, even most leaders are total infants in Christ. So this is for everyone in the planet who believes in Jesus. You have to become radically, even violently aggressive towards temptations. Temptations will often come through family members. You'll have to shut them down. 
just like Jesus did towards one of his best friends, Peter. You have not the things of God in mind, and he did it lovingly. He wasn't angry. He was angry at Satan. He loved Peter. He saved Peter's soul. Peter is still one of his best friends in heaven right now. But he said, you have not the things of heaven in mind, Peter, but the things of the earth. Get behind me, Satan. Sometimes you'll have to be aggressive towards your spouse, towards your family, towards your brothers and sisters in Christ, and just say, no, I am not shrinking back from the development of my spirit. I'm going to grow in radical, violent righteousness. Amen. I'm not going to allow any kind of bird's nest in my mind. That's what they want to do. They want you to compromise in your spirit's ability and have a mixture of mental ability, which is sorcery. And a little leaven, leavens the whole lump. You get no inheritance if there's mixture. One fly in the ointment spoils the perfume. There's no angelic sphere for you. No, you must be perfect. Who can... Ascend the mountain of the Lord. Clean hands, pure heart. I don't have it. The cross is your clean hands. The cross is your pure heart. That's the whole point of Calvary. The death of Jesus is your purity. Let the death of Jesus rise in your heart. It doesn't get any more pure and perfect than that. Now you just got to yield to it and let it just butcher all the garbage and junk in your heart. Every day. The morning star will rise in your heart. It works 100% of the time. If you do it right and you don't grow weary, there's nothing else to do with your time on earth. This is time spent wisely. This is how you spend your time. Crucifying your heart with Jesus Christ on the cross for His water, His blood, His spirit, His word, and none of your own to pour forth through your slain hearts, your pierced hearts. The fire of God will begin to intensify in your heart. You begin to speak the words of wisdom. begin to learn the wisdom of those who've been crucified with Him. The wisdom that is spoken in the marriage supper of the Lamb amongst those who have learned wisdom that shine as the stars. What's the shining of the stars? Like the stars, Daniel 12 says. It's the shining of your spirit with the light of God's glory, but it will cost you the light of the stars that fell from heaven in your hearts and minds. Don't think any of that junk goes with. So you'll be offended a hundred times. All your good ideas and plans from your false Jesuses, your false Holy Spirits, they'll all be exposed. All of your play acting will be exposed. Mine too. I mean, I love it. You, King David says, if you're a man after God's own heart, you're going to have to get more undignified, which means less of you. There won't be any righteousness of your own in there. King David was radical about the impartation of grace. The Bible teaches that King David walked in grace. He was living so far in the future that he was walking in much of the new covenant thousands and thousands of years ago. You can walk in the power of the age to come. How much futuristic glory do you want to walk in? It's all available in your spirit. But you're not going to get it in the soul. That's the place of unbelief where you still have control. You're not going to get in your brain. That's the place of Satan's throne room. Satan's not going to give you anything. He's just going to give you more lies. He hates your guts. He wants to kill all of you. He wants you to get into religion and then not have a chaste virgin thought life. He doesn't want you to purify your thoughts. You know, those who purify their thoughts destroy all the works of the devil. If we can get 300 Gideon's 300 that purify their thought life by radical drinking of the blood of Jesus, 
Just barrels and barrels. Seven barrels a day of the seven spirits of God. The Holy Ghost will so purify you by drinking that you can't lust with your eyes anymore. That you can't lust with your feelings or you can't be self-aware anymore. You can't sin anymore. You know, Jesus can't sin. God can't be tempted by sin. Are you still tempted by sin? Well, God's not formed in you enough. The Bible says that God is rising in your heart. 2 Peter 1.19 The only God, the creator of heaven and earth, is in us. He can conquer us so that no temptation can ever seize us and we're the exact likeness of the invisible God. That's what the sons of God are. That doesn't look anything like these mature Christians in earthly Christianity today. That's why they persecute it, because they've been brainwashed by sorcery. They've been brainwashed by sorcery. To persecute the sons of God in the true Christianity that Jesus and his apostles walked in, with the maximum extent of resistance demonically possible through believers. Because that's what the first century, first coming of Christ was. That it would look like the opposition to Judaism when it was the fulfillment of Judaism. And most people were destroyed. Most Jews completely rejected it. The Bible says it, Romans 11, they have rejected the Messiah. The demons got so involved in the covenant religion that they rejected God entirely and were destroyed into eternal hell. And the same thing is happening right now in Christianity. If you're soulish and unspiritual and earthly, you are completely and totally demonized. And that's, the, that's what the Holy Spirit's trying to tell you. To grab that part of you and to just burn it and to baptize it. When you're tempted, a little by little, and the Holy Ghost will come upon your hearts if you can give Him more and more of your human nature. The divine nature is imparted by grace. It's imparted by desire. You have to want it. Seek and you will find. You'll have to seek. Knock. You'll have to knock. You'll have to thirst for that divine nature. You, if you thirst for a self-righteousness, you get filled with devils. You just be filled with thousands of religious spirits. I mean, just a mess. Just get these people out of here. But if you thirst for a righteousness that's not your own, a righteousness that's the gift of Jesus dying on the cross, if his own blood, his own word, his own spirit of Jesus' righteousness, if you thirst for that, the Holy Ghost, he'll rush upon you like a mighty, mighty rushing wind, and he will satisfy you with Jesus' righteousness. And you just grow in the righteousness that's a gift on the inside. Until you're just looking at him on the inside. You're blissed out on him the, on the inside. He'll have you do all kinds of wild stuff. Confront the same stuff he did in the Bible. You'll do all the same works that Jesus did. The Bible says you'll know they are my disciples if they do all the same things I did. First John says you'll know they're Christians if they live the life that Jesus walked on earth. If they're confronting religion, if they're confronting organized Christianity, if they're confronting carnal mind hypocrites, confronting legalism, the Antichrist. What is first John? Five times they're confronting Antichrist. Who wants to talk about Antichrist? Well, John the Beloved does over and over. The religious spirit, he wants to talk about it because it's blocking you from knowing the Holy Ghost and God the Father and Jesus Christ in a deeper, more meaningful, rich way in the glory in your inner man. Because if you know him more, oh, you'll gladly give up everything. 
We're not teaching religion. We're not discipling the outer man. We're building up the inner man and they're burning down the outer man by the building up of the inner man. The building up of the inner man, the eternal man, the spirit man will destroy the old temple. You know, there's a temple within a temple, a wheel within a wheel. There's a realm within a realm. Lazarus came out of the tomb covered with the old garments, representing there must be a peeling away of the old. Jesus said, Jesus said unbind him and loose him. Take off the old. Behold, I make all things new from within your spirit. But if your mind clings to the old, which is all the temptations of the devils, you'll resist the works of the Holy Spirit, who is just trying to loose you from the old human ways. <laughs> so the devil has built up an old human Christianity. He's got an old Christian, charismatic Christianity charismatic Pentecostal Holy Spirit stuff of the earth when the Holy Spirit is trying to lift you higher he'll meet you where you're at he loves you but he will spur you on towards greater things the Bible says that he will spur you on he might spear you on he might pierce your heart there might be an arrow of God, and in that arrow it's just laced with liquid lightning love so strongly that it will motivate you to go higher in God. If you're beat up by circumstances, the Bible says one thing, arise, arise and shine. You can't shine in the earth. There's no witness, there's no gospel, there's no evangelism, there's no pastoring in the earth. You're in the realm of the dead. Your whole Christianity is a lie and false. Arise and shine and let your witness, let your evangelism, your pastoring be from the angelic sphere of the heavenly Jerusalem and kick out whatever is flying over your city. Your spirit knows how to do it. Your spirit is a territorial spirit. Your spirit has Christ, the creator of everything in it. That's why you got to be bold and courageous to take your promised land. The promised land is the angelic sphere. It's the sphere around the earth. There is a sphere around the earth. There's a skyline, an orb around the earth. That is the heavenly Jerusalem. That is the place of the overcomer. That is the conquering of the mid-heavens. And your spirit will begin to proclaim the word of God from the high place like Moses from the mountain. And his words descended upon the people down below like light rain upon tender mown grass. Jesus went up a mountain and he brought the word of God down from the mountain upon the people. You are going to climb the mountain of the Holy Spirit, which is your personal Calvary and your personal cross and it's the same mountain of the same Holy Spirit for every believer in Jesus Christ in the entire world and as you climb it your words will get higher and holier and more refined your witness will be more of the heavenly realm less of the earthly you keep climbing higher every day carrying your cross is for one thing to go higher you have a cross for one thing access into the heavenlies the cross is your access to go higher if you don't use the cross your christianity doesn't even have a cross 
What is a disciple's job? To arise and shine. You're gonna shine brighter in an ever-increasing glory, an ever-increasing shining, only if you're in an ever-increasing rising from one degree of glory to a higher dimension and degree of angelic glory and spiritual ability. Second Corinthians 3.18, it is written. Psalms 24, verse 3. Who then ascends into the presence of the Lord? And this is where the flesh just burns off your spirit. So you're only in the presence of the Lord. Who has the privilege of entering into God's holy place? Psalms 40, verse 2. He stooped down to lift me out of danger from the desolate pit I was in, the earthly. People don't know the earth is the desolate pit. The earth is the valley of the shadow of death. You're not to be on the earth in your mind, in your heart, in deed, in action, none of it. Take your business up the mountain. Take your family up the mountain. This is the mass exodus. This is an invisible job of your inner invisible man that's more real than your outer man. The outer man is not you. The inner man is you. And it only becomes aware to your brain by the word of God. The word of God is what gels your spirit to make your spirit more real than the external realm of temptation. So this is the overcoming of all the junk outside you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is outside you. Until you become fully God inside mind and just forget it. You can't overcome anything. You're not even developing the eternal part of you. Your life is a total waste. It's a, it's a total lie. You're living a lie. Those outside are lovers of the lie, Revelation says, which means those who have their senses on things on the outside, money, relationships, fake Christianity, all the dumb stuff people do in the realm of the dead, the earth, they're not even involved in kingdom activity, zero. Only when the senses are tuned in to the spirit, the throne of Christ within you, Colossians 1.27, and the ability of the glory to ascend the mountain of the Holy Spirit have any relevance in the eternal dimension whatsoever. And that's those are the only ones really attacked and persecuted because they're the only ones destroying the works of the devil. The external stuff doesn't destroy the works of the devil. Do signs, miracles, the wonders, healings, and even driving out demons destroy the works of the devil? Jesus said, no, they don't. The work, they work iniquity. If it's not about building up the inner man in the red letters, he was teaching, you could take all the Christian junk and do it and still go to hell if you don't ascend because you're practicing the realm of the dead doing the stuff. The irrevocable gifts, it's zero evidence you're right with God. The word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, zero evidence you're right with God. Miracles are not evidence you're right with God. The power of the Antichrist comes with lying signs and wonders and miracles, which means the soul, which is Antichrist, can do all the junk. What it can't do is ascend the mountain of the Lord by the cross, because the cross is the evidence that you're real, that you love him, that you're there. It wasn't about John doing miracles. It was about John walking the same path of Calvary and being at the cross with his death. That's what made John great. It's not the junk. It's not the stuff. It's not the gifts. We love gifts, but it's not about the gifts. The gifts will automatically follow your spirit. You won't even have to do them. They will do themselves out of the river flowing through you. If you can take your cross and ascend every day and go higher, 
through the crucifixion and annihilation of your heart and mind with love. Divine love annihilates false love. There is a confrontation and a wrestling of false love of the brain and the heart with divine agape love, which is the cross of Christ crucified to death, which is the only true love down here. The only true love on earth is the cross of Jesus crucified to death. And if that rises in you, that is your measure of love, of how much you've died with him for the divine nature to pour out of you like a river. And it'll be the Holy Ghost. You, you won't take credit. It's like it is a wonderful thing to be crucified with Christ, to walk in the way of Jesus, to share in his passions, to share in his spear. Amen? To share in the spear of divine love piercing your heart for the outpouring of his Holy Spirit through your soul. This is why a priest begins to love the altar which the Bible calls Jerusalem, the place of Calvary, the piercings of Christ, the nails of Christ, the crown of thorns of Jesus Christ, the whippings of Christ, the, the spear of Christ, and the sweat of his brow in the Garden of Gethsemane. These seven places where blood was shed, which is our eternal bliss, the perfecting of the seven days in the seven passions of Christ. It's a the revealing of the divine blood covenant in the love of Jesus where his blood was spilt. You will have to join him in the glory realms of his death. The glory kills the Adamic nature. That's why Peter says, if you're persecuted, it's because you're beginning to get into the glory because the spirit of glory rests upon you, which means you're getting into the real juicy stuff of dying with Christ in your soul, in your mind, in your bones, in your marrow. Few Christians have ever gone this deep in the spirit. This is not mainstream, lukewarm, Laodicean Christianity where you just have a bunch of people-pleasing, garbage, watered-down religion. This is total slaughter of the Lamb. This is being annihilated with Jesus in his love for his Father, which is true love towards others, while they can't understand because they're clinging to their own lives. How can you understand if you are just clinging to your own mental faculties? There's zero chance you can understand one divine thing of God. It takes the slaughter of your mental faculties. His brain died on the cross. Crown of thorns jabbed into his brain, which means your brain will have to die with Jesus in order to share with one drop of the mind of Christ. You will never think a divine thought. A divine thought will never pass through your soul unless you're embracing a crucified life, an altar life. And it's fun. It's an ascending life. It's the glory life. It's the life of the wine cellar. The wine cellar, where did the wine come from? from his speared side crucified to death. Where did the fragrance come? It's the fragrance of his tomb when he was embalmed. Nicodemus poured all the myrrh, the frankincense, and the most costly ointments in the universe and when they mummified him and, and sealed him in the tomb. That's the fragrance of his death. That's where the fragrance of our life comes from. Because we've been entombed, embalmed in all the spices of his burial. Amen. It's, there's no death there because he's risen from the dead. 
So if you're buried with him in your old Adamic nature, then you're living with him in his resurrection power. So that your whole identity now is in Jesus, eternally alive, indestructible Christ who cannot be killed a second time, not just in my spirit, but also through faith in the word of God in my heart and mind and bones and marrow. Get to a place where your bones and marrow can't die like John on Patmos. They tried to kill him. They couldn't cut his head off. They couldn't boil him in oil. They couldn't starve him to death on Patmos. He's in his 90s. You think he'd be fragile by then? He's not fragile because the word of God is in his bones and marrow. This is normal Christianity for everyone to share in an indestructible risen life with Christ. But as you rise in the cross, you're going to confront the stuff of fear. The enemy comes with fear and say, cling to your life. Cling to your ability. Don't lose that. You're not going to get anything from God. But everyone that has trust in the resurrection has to sacrifice their ability in order to share in his. Amen. So you will be tested every day to see what you can give up of your natural man to share in Jesus, which is how much salvation do you want? Salvation is in measurements. Ankle deep salvation. I could barely trust him for anything. Knee deep salvation. You know, I'm basically a fire insurance one day a week Christian. Shoulder deep. I, I gave him my heart, but I was still in control in my head. Well, you're not going to be in the throne room ever for all eternity. Ever. You'll never know God like Jesus knows God for all eternity. If you're only shoulder deep. It's those that come to a point a point in the river of his blood and his slaughtered life where they can no longer cross in their human ability and they sink and they drown and they die and they get absorbed into the crystal sea and their angel rises up in consciousness into the Lamb of God. Because the old man, the flesh, the carnal man is buried in the crystal sea. It's your angel that's going to sit with Christ in heavenly places. It's the angel only part of you that most of you don't even aren't even aware of because we're so carnal. Because our spirit is so buried under our flesh because we sin constantly as if it's nothing, which is practice the outer man instead of the inner man. Practicing righteousness is only practicing the inner man. And only your inner man's going to sit in the angelic sphere because if your outer man goes up there, you'll die for lack of oxygen. Amen. But your inner man doesn't need oxygen because it lives off the glory of the Holy Spirit. The inner man has all the abilities to heal the sick, raise the dead, drive out demons, do all that stuff, and you'll do that effortlessly because it'll just outflow from your throne. Jesus ascended on high. Has Jesus done anything carnally? No, he's pouring out his river on the earth. He's doing everything effortlessly by being seated next to the Father. That's your spirit's ability. We like to mix our flesh to be seen by men. Look at my ministry. I have miracles. Well, you go a little higher, they're not going to see your invisible spirit being poured out in all flesh, but it'd be a demon-free zone and there won't be hospitals in your city. No one will get sick anymore. Sickness is the evidence that there's still a principality seated over the realm of the dead of flesh in the angelic sphere. And so you've got to go up higher, and that's the stuff that's beating you down through your unrenewed mind, keeping you at lower elevations, lower degrees of inheritance of the divine nature. They don't want you to have the full inheritance of the Lamb of God, but it's your birthright. You have a birthright 
in Jesus dying on the cross to give you a throne of honor and glory in the Father's house. Isaiah 22, 23 is written. Your throne's ability. The Bible says they will sit with me on my throne if they overcome the throne of the devil, which is your soulish selfishness and self-awareness. And you have to be brutal towards the sinful nature because if you have any compromise, you're making a contract with the realm of the dead. It's not to be harsh. It's not to be mean. It's to be brutal towards the enemy. How do you get the oil of joy beyond your fellow kings? By hating wickedness. The Bible tells you you have to hate the natural man's ability. If you like it, you don't get any anointing. Zero anointing for those people. You're content with just living as a mere animal. I'm not. You're not. We're not content with living as mere flesh. To be a human being, the Bible teaches, is to be a 666, is to be a beast. It's to be fallen. We cannot be human. We must be life-giving spirits, second Adams. The bride of the second Adam is a life-giving spirit. Amen? You have married the Lamb of God and all of His glory is being shared with your spirit. Now we just drink it. We drink it. We drink, 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 drink. This stuff will awaken your spirit and you begin to see what the price is you pay when you begin to awaken your spirit. Those that come in and hear this message and their spirit awakens, you're going to look at your soul, your natural man, and then the enemy will come. Guaranteed. Every single time. The Bible teaches that after you're saved, the enemy comes. After Jesus was baptized, the enemy came. After he was obeying his father, he said, Satan is coming. So you will be tested and tempted to see if you want the spirit tree of life or the carnal tree of knowledge of good and evil. Satan was given that kingdom. He has a kingdom. The kingdoms of this world, the kingdoms of Satan, will become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. The overcomers are getting that inheritance by using their birthright, their legal paperwork of the Word of God that works in spirit against demons, which are all legalists. They have to come out because you have the paperwork of the Word of God and you're choosing the tree of life that devours the tree of knowledge like Moses' staff devoured the staffs of the sorcerers of Egypt. These staffs represent the words of two kingdoms. If you're in the word of God and the tree of life, that kingdom devours this kingdom. There can be no peace between these kingdoms. Just get it out of your mind. You're born into eternal, con uh, eternal conflict. It's been a very, very long wrestling of these two kingdoms. King David says, Psalms 120, I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Soon I will come to you and destroy you with the words of my mouth, the sword of my mouth. So the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the demolishing of arguments, strongholds of the words of the devil, the lies of the devil inside man's mind. And so when you speak the word into the mind, it burns up. That's why people tune in and they're instantly offended because the word of God just hit a stronghold in their brain. You're confronting Satan inside temples that are full of mixture. Most people don't have a total consecration of the word of God. They're not sanctified head to toes to only have heaven in them. There's usually mixture. Most Christians have two or three demons. 
that they've never overcome. And so that stuff is, has all kinds of nests in their head, all kinds of hooks in their heart and their bloodline, and they've never conquered it. They can't get over their sin patterns. But together, corporately, you come together and you're strengthened as an army, and that stuff gets annihilated. The strength in numbers. One puts a thousand to flight, two puts ten thousand to flight. You're going to put these things to flight. You're going to cast down the dragon, the beast, the false prophet into the lake of fire, which is the purity of the Holy Spirit. Think about it. It's the chaste virgin purity that tortures demons. Each demon is as immoral as immoral gets. They are all filthy, vile, detestable birds, the Bible says. So what torches a detestable bird is the purity of the Lamb of God. You want to hurt demons as a soldier in the armies of the living God, all you got to do is grow in the cross rising in your heart, which is chaste virgin purity. The chaste virgin purity, the crystal clear living waters that sparkle, which is the chaste virgin purity of the Lamb of God, is what produces the place of torture and torment on earth as it is in heaven. So people can't sin on earth anymore. You're torturing them by producing a lake of chaste virgin purity. For an immoral spirit, for a pride spirit, for a religious spirit, for all the spirits of the realm of the dead in Hades, the place of dead and departed spirits, the maximum measure of torture and torment is the living waters. Pure, crystal clear, sparkling waters. They like to live in the confusion of darkness and religion. They can't stand purity. Where there is crystal clarity, there is great light. That great light will expose all hearts, the Bible teaches. Which means it's going to whack everyone's soul so that people can't be deceived anymore. So you can't be in the public stage and be a liar. The glory will continue to pour out of the bride's heart, the birthing of the glory realm, the breaking of the mighty waters from your spiritual wombs with mighty rushing rivers and torrents of glory and anointing and power and light beyond anything you've ever seen because you're learning the knowledge of the glory with your mind for your angel's ability that destroys all the works of the devil, that destroys the curse of the fall. You begin, all that stuff is protesting around you, and that's why you have resistance. Because you're communicating with the stuff that you're killing every single day, whether you know it or not. The stuff has a voice. The beast was given a mouth. That's the mouth of all the fallen angels coming through anyone that's not baptized in living water. That's not living out of the angelic realm as an angel. If they have a carnal mixture, you're communicating with the realm of the dead continuously. The gospel is preached midair, the Bible says it. Wisdom speaks from the high place, the Bible says it, to the fools down below. What is foolishness? Living in the temporal realm, living in the flesh. When you have an eternal spirit that Christ is regenerating and imparting into your spirit with different graces of the eternal dimension to rule and reign with the Father and the Lamb far over the earth. <laughs> to be of the above realm and not the below realm. So the heavenly Jerusalem, the 144,000, the manifesting sons of God are all the overcomers 
that are conquering their own souls and minds to be out of the flesh, no longer in it, in the presence of God, in the fullness of joy, with all angelic ability, confronting all the stuff of the heavenly sphere. One thing I noticed on this fishing trip up north in Kenora, Canada, was that the whole heavenly sphere was burning. When I used to go into the countryside, I could tell by my own personal overcoming different atmospheres and elevations in the heavens and, and how much principality activity was going on and those sorts of things. And you come, come back into the urban environment and it's completely different because there's so much more people and concentrations of souls and sins and demons and stuff going on angelically. When I went out into the country in the middle of nowhere, 200 miles away from civilization, no internet, just taking a seaplane way up into northern Ontario, it was the same angelic sphere up in northern Ontario than it was down in Minneapolis. Last time I did that, I mean, I went out into the country, it was a completely different angelic sphere. What this tells me is that the whole angelic sphere is under the judgment of the sons of God. It's not just in a remote location. It's not just the sons of God in one location. It's the whole universal government of the angelic sphere is on fire. That all principalities are being thrown down to earth. The Bible says that celestial bodies have been shaken already. I'm telling you, they're already shaken. They're already descending because of believers, sons and daughters of God coming into Weos maturity, taking their birthright as thrones in the heavenly Jerusalem. You gotta see your throne in the sky as the heavenly Jerusalem. The heavenly Jerusalem is the skyline living in the clouds. Who are these that fly along like clouds, like doves to their nests? It's a promised land, promise from Isaiah of the heavenly Jerusalem. Jesus is a king. What does kingship look like in Revelation 14, 14? What does the overcomer's realm look like if it were in the earth realm? It looks like a man seated on a cloud holding a sickle wearing a gold crown. So the conqueror's realm of the overcomers and the sons of God and the 144,000, which is just a number. It doesn't mean that's only the number. It just it symbolizes the heavenly Israel, the overcomers Israel, the heavenly Jerusalem, the overcomers capital city. This is a dimension of government of your spirits rising into the skyline to be enthroned upon the clouds. The heavenly Jerusalem is the throne room over the clouds. Look, it's like a spherical throne and there's many thrones. And that's where you were meant to always rule and reign from by your spirit, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, by your spirit in union with the Holy Spirit from that skyline, from that cloud line dimension. You are always to be over the atmosphere, creating the breath and influence of all soul life, of all animal life under your cloud down below. That's when you get the sickle because you're harvesting all the stuff down below you. Because you're creating the atmosphere. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Well, in order for them to praise the Lord in the breath, you will have to be the covering prince, which is Israel or son of God. And you'll have your own angels with you that'll be like setting new principalities over cities and nations. You've been under demons so long, it's like we've completely forfeited all the heavens and all the skyline to just settle for Christianity on the earth, which is the equivalency of Egypt, uh, Israel and Egypt building bricks. Building brick Christianity. 
and thinking that it's okay. No, it's time we take the heavenly sphere. It's time we take the cloud line. The cloud line is ours. The Bible teaches that this is the kingship dimension. Jesus is seated on the cloud. It's not just the glory cloud. It is the glory cloud because the Holy Spirit's the only one that can lift your spirit up to be there and will renew your mind to that level of consciousness. And the mind of Christ is always from above, always bird's eye view, white eagle perspective on everything, the high place, wisdom in the high place, building seven pillars higher and higher still, ascending ever higher, rising to the full dawn of day, which is the rulership of your spirit as a throne in the clouds. And your cloud can get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's just more and more influence. It will judge the wicked. It will judge sin. It will burn up hospitals. It will burn up police departments. It will burn up gangster crack houses. It, see, this is where you begin to understand the word of God, how it works for real. Because you're on the mountain in the high place pouring out the word to everything down below like Moses and the lamb to be an apostolic bride. You are all meant to live on the mountain of the Holy Spirit and your inner man invisibly climbs this mountain until your entire consciousness is in the clouds. So you're always high. This is the promised land. The promised land is the cloud line. And you have a throne waiting for you that you're going to renew your mind to be seated on the throne with the one who's sitting on the cloud. And you will have a glory harvest. You'll have a personal harvest. You'll be a member of the corporate global harvest. You won't have any envy and strife towards others because as you rise, you're dealing with all the sins in your soul. You can't be competitive anymore because Jesus is not like that. The Holy Ghost is dealing with you as you rise in the Holy Spirit. The higher you go, the more refined you are. The greater your accuracy of the gospel, the teaching of the gospel, your experiences in the gospel, it becomes more and more accurate. The higher you go in the glory, from glory to glory, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Father, for the heavenly Jerusalem, each and every person tonight receiving an impartation to be stirred up in their spirit. Super energized by the spirit of might, like rocket fuel in their spirit, and let their spirit stand up on the inside of their bodies and burn up their hearts, burn up their minds, and lift their bodies, their temples, into higher elevations of the fire of God. Thank you, Father, for a people that will continually rise and never settle. <laughs> that are not afraid to go against the status quo in the charismatic church. It will challenge even the traditional ways of the charismatic church to pioneer the promised land of the angelic sphere. In Jesus' name, we just thank you, Father, for all the assigned angels to everyone's souls at the sound of my voice. Dealing with all the stuff in the mind, extracting, all of the weeds growing in the flesh, pruning off the bad fruit, the witchcraft, the sorcery, the sexual morality, and all idolatry be uprooted from all of your flesh by the fire of God and by angelic workers helping you ascend and inherit a greater salvation in a greater glory. 
Father, I pray you'd speak to everyone's heart about financial partnership with Red Letter Ministries, about tithes and offerings into Red Letter Ministries, and how they can play a bigger part in helping this ministry grow and reach more people through this broadcast and the teachings and the revelations of the overcomers and the sons of God. Speak to every heart. Give them grace to obey. Prosper them as they give. Let their bank accounts overflow. Let their businesses be blessed. Let angels be assigned to their marketplace as they conquer the marketplace and are faithful to the new covenant priesthood of the Levites of the overcomers in the heavenly Jerusalem, burning up the animals night and day in the temple, leading people into higher realms of promised land realities. Thank you, Father, for a people that will no longer partner with earthly Christianity, but will completely partner in their tithes, their offerings, and giving into the heavenly Christianity of the promised land of the angelic sphere. Move upon believers' hearts and minds. Untether them from the earth. Loose them in their bones, in their brains, to rise up and partner with the overcomers in the angelic sphere. Bring increase into this house that is faithful to your throne, Heavenly Father, and bless those that partner with this ministry, we pray in Jesus' name tonight. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Glory. Yeah. Glory. <laughs> 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 <laughs>